Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey folks, welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. My name is Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at buffalorumblings.com. Looking forward to some great questions today. Most of them off social media. We got some voicemails. But as the Bills are in OTA mode, there's lots of questions about what this roster is going to look like. Also got some fun questions thrown in today. Uh, the phone number is 716-508-0405. Please call in and leave your questions for our future episodes of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. We're doing an Ask Me Anything episode coming up in the next couple weeks. So you can call in and ask about things that aren't the Bills. You can ask about craft beer or movies or pop culture you can ask about how the site is run on a day-to-day basis and as long as it's not about the bills or the bill stadium so get those questions in you can follow us on social media at rumblings q and a you can send us messages uh, on instagram at buffalo rumblings um, on facebook at buffalo rumblings just to get a hold of us you can leave comments and questions in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com whenever our article drops. This week's question I'm getting a lot, again, centers on the wide receiver position and more specifically Duke Williams. Folks keep asking how he's looking in OTAs and according to various media, media reports, he's looking exactly how we expected which is to say that he's not doing a whole heck of a lot. The Bills haven't really asked him to do a lot, but he's also not doing a lot. This week, with Zay Jones, John Brown, and Cole Beasley all sitting on the sidelines nursing injuries, the first receivers through the depth chart didn't include Duke Williams. It was Robert Foster and Andre Roberts. So that means that at least right now, he's not in the top five wide receivers. They could change when they can get a little bit more physical at camp. Um, We've seen plenty of times when an OTA star wide receiver like absolutely absolutely loses his mind and his playing status and and position by the time we get to training camp. That, That happens every single year, I think. And Williams is built a little bit more on physicality than some of these other guys. But it's hard to see him getting a huge chance to to put together a bunch of of plays if he's you know, always stuck on the second team and third team. If he's going to be the sixth or seventh guy through, I mean, the, he really is the only guy that adds size to their wide receiver core. So I can see them making a case for that and just being like, okay, we'll keep him because he had size and physicality. But right now, he's not doing a whole heck of a lot. He's had... You know, drops in the open OTA sessions, and and that's really like where we 
need to, to circle back to that conversation we just had about OTA wide receivers. The media is allowed in one practice a week, and they don't get to see everything. They don't get to see the entire rotation, anything like that. We'll know a little bit more at the mandatory minicamp, which is next week, because the media is able to be in every practice session. We'll be able to see more, obviously, at training camp at St. John Fisher coming up in July, because every practice, or at least almost every practice, is open to the public and the media. And we'll be able to see more physicality, more hits, things like that. But right now, we only get a limited snapshot of what's actually going on in the Bills' practices. But based on that limited snapshot, Duke Williams isn't doing anything to stake a claim that he isn't just you know, a, a rostered depth spot, a guy that was signed to a futures contract, and not much is really expected of him. And that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. How's Duke Williams looking in OTAs? On Twitter, David Ladero at DLadero asks, what will be the starting offensive line in week one? A pretty common question this offseason uh, surrounding the Bills' offensive line. Really been in a state of flux recently with all bunch of new free agents and um, draft picks and things like that. Deion Dawkins has been the left tackle for all of the spring, and until they move him from that spot, you have to think that he's going to stay there. I projected that he was going to end up at left guard by the time the season starts, so I still keep that in the back of my mind. But for right now, let's say Deion Dawkins wins the left tackle job. Spencer Long was the first guy up at the left guard spot. Mitch Morris is the guy that's written in permanent ink at center. Cody Ford, I think, is going to end up playing right tackle because that's where they want him. And then Quentin Spain was the guy that was at right guard for a while earlier this offseason. On my 53-man roster, I wrote at the um, end of May, or the 53-man roster prediction I wrote at the end of May. I had Ford kicked into right guard and then Ty Inseki at right tackle. So I'm on the record as left to right, Deion Dawkins, Spencer Long, Mitch Morse, Cody Ford, and Ty Inseki. But it wouldn't surprise me a bit if they kept Ford out at right tackle and had Quentin Spain at right guard with Inseki kind of being that the swing tackle that could come in and replace Deion Dawkins if he's struggling, which I don't think would be a good move because the Bills are already going to be lacking in consistency and continuity as they go through the offseason, rotating so many guys in and out. So with Dawkins, if he's always looking over his shoulder or if somebody else is always looking over their shoulder, might not be the best for that kind of gelling as a unit when everybody's continuing to move pieces. But we don't really know a whole lot about Bobby Johnson, the new offensive line coach. Uh, we're not 100% sure what Brian Dable wants to do with his with his blocking attack. So uh, I'm going to stick with the list that I put together in May. That's Deion Dawkins, Spencer Long, Mitch Morse, Cody Ford, and Ty Insecki. Thanks for your question on Twitter, at Rumley's Q&A. <laughs> Next to Instagram, Chop Laruski 
asks, which game does Josh Allen drop 300 yards, and if so, how many yards does Shady have on the ground that day? Well, I'd like this question a lot, and I think there's a really good chance that it happens in the first few weeks of the season. In 2018, the Cincinnati Bengals were last in the NFL in passing yards allowed at 276. The Bills host them in week three. The New York Jets were 24th in the NFL. The New York Giants were 23rd in the NFL. And the New England Patriots were 22nd in the NFL. So in the first four weeks, they play three bottom 10 NFL passing defenses. And they're probably going to be playing catch-up against the Patriots, at least you would think. So he's probably going to have to throw it a bunch of times during that game. Um at least in the second half of the game. So I I would lean towards just the first first quarter of the season. There's a really good chance that it could happen early on. The closest he got last year was 245 yards against the LA Chargers, a game in which the Bills were down for most of the game. And it was only his second NFL game, his first NFL start. He said he was nervous as all get out. Uh, Later in the season, he was able to manage 231 against the Miami Dolphins in their loss. Probably should have been closer to 270. Thank you, Charles Clay. Um, And then in the last one, two, three, four, five games of the year, he was able to to average over 200 yards. He went, not just average, he was well over 200 yards. 231, 206, 204, 217, and 224 in the last five weeks of the season. So, He's certainly trending in that direction. He's shown all offseason that he has good good command of the offense and is a leader of men, uh, however you can quantify that. Uh, but everyone's you know seemingly saying it. Um, the Bills brought in so many new offensive weapons that even if the offensive line takes some time to gel, he'll be able to you know, be able to dump off the ball and and get some yards after the catch and things like that to, on some of the shorter receivers uh, or short receptions to the receivers and tight ends and running backs. So I think uh, 300 yards is definitely doable, and I think we'll probably see it in the first four weeks of the year. Um, I'm going to guess that if it doesn't happen against Cincinnati, it happens against the Patriots. If Allen does pass 300 yards against the Bengals, I would assume that LaShawn McCoy, to answer your question, has... You know, a pretty good number of yards, you know, 60, 70 yards, somewhere in there. If it happens against the Patriots, I'd imagine McCoy has like six or seven yards it's because the Bills would be playing catch-up. So it's uh, it's just an interesting kind of look at, you know, do you run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run? And you know, most of the NFL is passing to set up the run later in the game, uh, and that's how you put away the game, not necessarily how you win it from the beginning. So looking at that, especially because McCoy – is going to be fighting just for snaps against Frank Gore, against uh, potentially T.J. Yeldon, against Devin Singletary. It's just going to be a mess in the running back backfield. That's why anybody would be crazy to draft anyone in the Bills backfield in fantasy football this year because we have no idea how it's going to shake out. So I would assume that he's going to have a fair number of yards if it's against the Bengals, and he's going to have very low number of yards if it's against the Patriots. Thanks for your question on Instagram. You can find us there at Buffalo Rumblings. We'll be right back after this quick break. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Seven Words on Instagram asks, with Gronk gone and Brady one year older, do we beat the Patriots this year? It's absolutely unbelievable what the Patriots have been able to do over the last decade plus against the Bills, against the rest of the NFL. It's just been absolutely great. I mean, it's not, it's, it's even longer than that. It's almost 20 years now. I always think that the Patriots are going to regress I always think that the Patriots are going to fall off. I always think that it's going to happen because it has to everybody else, but it never has to them. So, yeah, I'm going to think that this is the year that the Patriots kind of fall apart. It probably won't be, but I always have that hope. We say all the time that their window is closing, but you have to think that their window is closing. So I'm assuming that this is the year that Josh Allen can get his first win over the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Thanks for your question on Instagram. To Twitter, where Amanda, at SoCalBillsMafia, asks, So Allen bested Rodgers, but who on the roster would you say could best Bakhtiari's double beer chug. Amanda is, of course, referring to the NBA playoffs where Aaron Rodgers famously could not chug a beer very well on the Jumbotron at a Milwaukee Bucks game, but his offensive lineman did a double-fisted beer chug. Ever since Rodgers' infamous attempt at chugging the beer, a lot of NFL quarterbacks have been getting in on the action at baseball stadiums and other events around their local communities. Um, The rest of the NFC North quarterbacks famously are just putting the boots to Rodgers on on social media videos. Allen did it at the Micah Hyde charity softball game, uh, went out and chugged a beer, and uh, did a lot better than Aaron Rodgers. So that is, um, (laughs) that's what she's asking about. Um, As far as the the Buffalo Bills players that I think could chug a beer the best. Um, most of the comments and the responses on social media to the question posed by Amanda were around Wyatt Teller and Trent Murphy. So 
I really like both of those answers. Uh, Mitch Morris was another one thrown in. I'm just scrolling through uh, the uh, Twitter responses. Those are all guys that uh, could definitely handle that that task. Having not sat down to beers with the Buffalo Bills recently, I think it's a member of the offensive line that's going to win this competition. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people would, uh, wouldn't argue with me on that. You think about back in the day when Eric Wood and Richie Incognito were having Thanksgiving eating contests, and, and of course there were beverages consumed at those contests. It was in the season, so maybe not as much of the beer as it was. You know, just water, trying to add to their water weight to see who could win the Thanksgiving uh, weight gain challenge or whatever you want to call it. But those offensive linemen can pack it away, that's for sure. So... I would put it on one of those guys for sure. So all of the answers that I previously stated are probably <laughs> probably in the running. Uh, Trent Murphy is just a guy that looks like he could drink a beer. Uh, <laughs> this is a ridiculous question, but I love it. Thanks a lot for asking it on Twitter. Hi, this is Andrew from Pennier, New York. My question for you was, uh, what was your favorite game from last year? Favorite Bills game, obviously. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to talk about something that wasn't draft. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for your question. From beautiful Penny in New York. My favorite Bills game from the 2018 season was probably the Minnesota Vikings game. We had not had a great start to the season. The Bills were really struggling. But... Josh Allen got his first win. The offense looked confident and well-designed. They had that really great touchdown to uh, the tight end, Jason Kroom. The defense looked dominant. It just gave you hope for the entire season, and really the entire season and beyond, that everything could work out. You had the highlight play of, of Josh Allen hurtling over uh, the Vikings linebacker, Anthony Barr. You just had a lot of really cool moments in that. Jerry Hughes with uh, strip sacks and Trent Murphy with a sack and, or strip sack. and Just a lot of fun plays that you could hang your hat on. It was just a complete and thorough victory. Um, probably their most complete victory until they played the Jets in Week 10. And it just was a, a time for hope. Like the Bills might be able to put something together with this rookie quarterback and, and go somewhere. They didn't really do that, but it it was my favorite Bills game to watch. It was my favorite Bills game to cover uh, in the 2018 season. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, really interesting question on our voicemail line, 716-508-0405. <laughs> Our next question comes from Instagram, where Big Slugger 18 asks, Curious if you guys believe all the hype about the Bills being a sleeper team this year that could squeak into the playoffs as a wild card. I am buying the hype right now. Um, I'm usually a, a pretty even-keeled optimist. Last year, I had assumed that they would go somewhere like 6-10. and 10. This year... I think that's going to be, you know, 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, somewhere in there. If they if they show the improvement that I think they're going to show with the revamped offense, 
with Josh Allen being in his second year, Brian Dable being in his second year, still a very solid defense. I just I think that they can take that next step. And, I mean, I haven't gone through and looked at the schedule or anything like that, but I, I do anticipate that they're going to look competent this year and that they're going to put together, you know, a few wins in the middle of the season, in the beginning of the season. And Bills fans are going to be pretty confident heading down the home stretch. They're still going to have to earn it on the field. Um, I don't know if I'd call them a sleeper team. I, I just I think that they're on their way up. They're ascending. And they have the people in place to be able to to make a run at a playoff berth this year. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I do think that they're going to make a run at a playoff spot in 2019. Thanks for your question, Big Slugger 18 on Instagram. That's it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. We're adding a couple new podcasts this offseason, so stay tuned on your podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts. You'll start to see some new show titles popping up in the Buffalo Rumblings channel. You can always call and leave us questions at 716-508-0405. Tweet at us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Send us messages on Instagram or Facebook at Buffalo Rumblings. Email works, Rumblings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in the comment section on our show notes at buffalorumblings.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys as the Bills enter the dark period of the 2019 NFL offseason. season.